is a podcast on the Podfix Network. You can check out more shows like it at podfixnetwork.com. Please listen carefully. Salutations, toppers, and welcome to episode 103 of the Turn of Phrases podcast. I thank you for giving me some of your time today, and I hope this episode finds you well. Today, we're continuing our simile series with some animal similes. Let's get right into it and find out today's phrases, origins, history, and more. Let's begin with, as happy as a clam. This one means to be extremely happy or content. One theory for this one is that clams kind of look like they're smiling. Another theory is that it comes from the tides, specifically high tide. During high tide, clams are generally safest from predators, and therefore that is when they're happiest, when they can't be eaten. While this does make sense, it's hard to prove what really started the saying. Some people think that the original saying was actually as happy as a clam at high water, but the truth about which version actually came first is a bit watered down. In 1833, James Hall, an American writer, judge, and man of letters, wrote The Harp's Head, a legend of Kentucky. In it, he wrote, quote, it never occurred to him to be discontented. He was as happy as a clam. End quote. In December of 1841, an article in the Bangor, Maine newspaper, the Bangor Daily Whig and Courier, included, quote, Your correspondent has given an interesting and undoubtedly correct explanation of the expression as happy as a clam at high water. End quote. The wording here suggests that the full phrase was in use prior to this time, but it still doesn't tell us which came first. According to multiple biographies of General Robert E. Lee, the Confederate commander used as happy as a clam at high water in a letter written in 1833. I was unable to find the contents of the letter itself to confirm this, but whichever version really came first, the saying was well cemented in the vernacular prior to the mid-19th century. We know this because in 1848, John Bartlett, an American historian and linguist, wrote about it in his Dictionary of Americanisms, a glossary of words and phrases usually regarded as peculiar to the United States. He said, quote, As happy as a clam at high water is a very common expression in those parts of the coast of New England where clams are found. End quote. In that same year, the Richmond, Virginia periodical, The Southern Literary Messenger, stated that the simile was, quote, familiar to everyone, end quote. Now, let's get comfy. As snug as a bug means to be extremely comfortable or cozy. Some people use the version as snug as a bug in a rug, which is actually the original version of the saying. 
Back in the 16th century, the word snug was a nautical term used to say neat, shipshape, or prepared for bad weather. By the 17th century, the idea of being safe and settled for a storm became a general meaning of comfort. Now for the bugs, which weren't always called bugs. Insects used to be called ghouls or ghosts, and while no one seems to know why, they were being called bugs by the 17th century. Rugs weren't used as floor coverings until the 19th century. Prior to that, they were bed coverings, basically like modern-day blankets. This fits in well with the saying, as being wrapped up in a blanket does sound more comfortable than being wrapped up in a rug. In my opinion, anyway. The simile's first use in print is often attributed to David Garrick, an English actor and playwright, although he probably didn't come up with the saying, as he most likely chose to use sayings in his plays that people already knew. In his 1769 play Garrick's Vagary, or England Run Mad, with particulars of the Stratford Jubilee, he wrote, quote, If she has the mopus, I'll have her, as snug as a bug in a rug. End quote. Mopus was a slang word for money, and the woman he was talking about was a rich widow. Before moving on, I want to mention that there have been other similar similes, like as snug as a bee in a box and as snug as pigs in peas straw. These are older than as snug as a bug in a rug, but don't seem to be directly connected to this saying. Most people seem to think that the saying came about mainly because the words snug, bug, and rug all rhyme, and it ends up making a simile that is satisfying to say. Now let's look at some turn-of-phrases tidbits. If something is as fine as a frog's hair, then it is extremely thin or delicate. Some folks say this as finer than a frog's hair split four ways. There's a lot of ambiguity associated with this simile, which is why I'm including it as a tidbit. No one seems to know when or why the split four ways intensifier was added, and the exact origin of the simile in general isn't really known either. The first known use in print comes from the Diary of 1865, which was written by a Confederate soldier. I'm not sure which soldier, as all I could find out for an author's name was C. Davis. The mysterious Mr. Davis wrote, quote, I have a better flow of spirits this morning, and, in fact, feel as fine as frog's hair, as Pozzo used to say. End quote. So now who is Pozzo? Your guess is as good as mine, toppers. No one seems to know this either. What this does tell us, however, is that the simile was almost certainly in use prior to 1865. The simile is meant to be ironic, saying something is so thin or delicate that it is virtually non-existent, since frogs don't have hair. Or do they? There is actually one species of hairy frog, something I didn't know until I was researching for this episode. Well, it isn't hairy in the same way a mammal is, but the male hairy frog, also known as the horror frog or wolverine frog, has hair-like tissue on its body and thighs. If you look up a picture of it, it is a little bit terrifying, so I see why they call it the horror frog. Anyway, let's move on. 
The next tidbit is as naked as a jaybird, which means, well, someone is naked. In 19th century America, jay was a slang for someone who was gullible or not too bright, or in other words, a vulnerable person. So one theory is that as naked as a jaybird is actually referring to someone being vulnerable. Another theory is that actual jaybirds are born with almost no down, and are therefore naked. However, many other birds are born with little or no down, so this may not be the origin, at least not by itself. The last theory I found seems the most likely to me. In America in the early 20th century, prisoners were called jailbirds, or jaybirds for short. Now, in this usage, it's just the letter J, not the word J-A-Y. When the jaybirds were brought to prison, they typically were made to shower and then walk to their cells naked. Now, whether the simile comes from one of these potential origins or a combination of them, a version of it was in use by at least the late 19th century. The Random House Historical Dictionary of American Slang, Volume 2, published in 1997, lists something that sounds similar to the simile from 1893. Quote, he will have the humbug qualifications of cowboy stripped from his poor, worthless carcass so quickly that he would feel like a jaybird with his tail feathers gone. End quote. Okay, toppers, today's final tidbit is as blind as a bat, which means you can't see well. This one comes from an old-timey times misunderstanding of how well bats see. Since at least the 15th century, people thought bats had poor or no vision, mainly due to their erratic flight pattern. Nowadays, we know their flight only looks erratic because they are going after food, basing their flight on the information they get from echolocation. And yes, some bats do have poor eyesight, especially in bright light, but there are no species of bats that are completely blind. So why do we still use this simile when we know that bats aren't actually blind? Basically, just because we've been saying it for so long. This one is another one with no known exact origin, but some people say it may be connected to something that Greek philosopher Aristotle wrote, quote, For as the eyes of bats are to the blaze of day, so is the reason in our soul to the things which are by nature most evident of all. End quote. When you combine something that old with the old-timey times belief that all bats were blind, you get a simile that sticks around even after it's been proven that bats can see just fine. And with that, it's time for today's familiar quotation. Topper's today's familiar quotation is a simile from Albert Einstein. Quote, Life is like riding a bicycle. To keep your balance, you must keep moving. End quote. Thank you, Mr. Einstein, for giving us today's familiar quotation. All right, toppers, it's time for today's For Better or For Words, Love Advice from Old Timey Times. Remember that this advice is over a hundred years old and I'm sharing it for entertainment purposes only. Now, let's hear from the ladies first. Don't return to an old grievance. 
Once the matter has been thrashed out, let it be forgotten, or at least never allude to it again. And now for the men. Don't dwell on any lack of physical perfection in your wife. Beauty of mind is much more important than beauty of body. All right, toppers, that's going to do it for episode 103. Thank you for lending me your ears today to turn some phrases. As I always do, I hope you enjoyed the episode and that you learned something along the way. Check out my website, turnofphrases.com, to find out information about the show's social media, for details about the music I use in the show, and much more. If you had a good time listening, please consider subscribing or leaving a rating and review. Also, if you know someone who'd enjoy the show, please tell them about it to help spread the word. Thanks again for listening to the Turn of Phrases podcast, researched, written, hosted, and produced by me, Brisky. Until next time, toppers, may you always be as happy as a clam. Toodaloo! Let me rephrase. The wording here suggests that... that <laughs> the wording suggests that you can't talk. Because the words snug, bug, and what... <laughs> wug? Wug. I'm snug in a wug. Bug and... R- r- <laughs> Why can't I say rug? If something is as fine as a frog's hair, then is it... Then it... Did it do, 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 do. I'm not sure which, (laughs) y'all, I cannot say the word soldier without really, really concentrating. I'm sorry. Okay. Shoulder gets me too. I call the thing that holds your head up soldiers all the time. See, I can't even, okay, sorry. Let's move on. I'm not sure which, so, (laughs) I hate that word. Why? Why is that word? That's like the heart, soldier and soldiers. (laughs) I'm not, I can't even say sure now. I'm not sure which, (laughs) I'm going to have to get someone else to come say this word for me. I'm not sure which, so, okay. Who's, soldier, 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 soldier. I'm not going to be able to say it right. Soldier, okay has hair-like tissue on its bodies and thighs. Bodies? It only has one body. Or in other words, a vulnerable... (laughs) Cowboy stripped from his poor carcass... Nope. Stripped from his poor worthless carcass so quickly... Carcass? (laughs) Carcass. This was a podcast from the Podfix Network. Check out more shows like it at oddfixnetwork.com.